Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes here with you. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening to the podcast, especially this episode. Because I know some of you are like, why is he doing this? This is going to be a thing. I don't have a lot of space on the Bernstein at Home show to talk college football. So guess what? The reservoir for that is going to be House of L. I think. We'll see. It's fine. Um, Honestly, I wanted to talk a little bit more about an event than SEC football, although there is going to be a soundbite from Nick Saban inside of this podcast. 2007. So, look, I've covered a lot of things in my career. I've covered a Super Bowl. I haven't covered a winning Super Bowl, but I've covered a Super Bowl. The team that I covered was in the Super Bowl. I've covered Stanley Cup final. The team I covered won the Stanley Cup final. I was working in TV when they uh, won their second. I was working on Channel 5 when they won their second. The Blackhawks, that's who I was talking about if you were unaware. So there's that. I've covered a World Series on both sides of town. White Sox in 05 and the Cubs, obviously, in 2016. I have had the chance to pretty much do whatever I want. Oh, I covered a championship with the Bulls. One of my first jobs in the business. 97 and 98, I got to cover championships five and six. And I, like, literally had started a few weeks before number five. And I got a chance to cover both of those. No one was hearing my voice or anything, but I was out there with a microphone, stopping Michael Jordan's car, getting my hand in there so that I couldn't sue him. (laughs) Stopping the car before he ran away with my arm. So I've had the chance to cover a lot of different things. I, because I'm now in it, And quick sketch for those of you who don't know the background here. I've I've been teaching at DePaul since 2012. I really like teaching. It was suggested to me by one of my colleagues that if I really like teaching and at some point I wanted to do it full time, I should probably go and get a master's degree. I agreed with them. But where to do it? How would I have the time to do it? So I started looking around at a couple places. This is in 2016. Actually, ironically, like right after the Cubs won the World Series, I started to do some research. And I stumbled inside of my search, I stumbled upon the University of Alabama having an online master's in journalism. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting. So I put them on the list. I talked with some people. Like, yeah, it's some really good. They're like, here's some of the teachers that are down there. I was like, oh, okay. People that work in the industry. Great. So I applied. But I didn't take the GRE because I've been out of, I at that point, been out of college for 20 years. Who does that? 
So I'd, I'd gotten my application done. They, they do it online. And I, I was like, oh, well, there, there's the end of that dream. I need to find a place where I'm going to be able to do my stuff and not have to worry about taking the GRE. And they they hit me up, and they were like, why didn't you finish your application? I said, well, I've been out of college for 20 years. I don't see myself taking the GRE, so I was kind of looking for some place that would look at my, my experience and use it as a GRE. And they were like, oh, okay, well, thank you for the feedback, blah, 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 blah. A couple days later, I get a call from the department chair. And he was like, do you want to come to Alabama? I said, yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, I looked at your resume. Like, like you're the type of student that we're looking for in this class. I said, no problem. And then I had some choices to make. There were a couple other places that I was looking at. And then I went. They invited me down there. This is the this is the crazy thing about Alabama, man. Like they do that southern hospitality thing. They do it right. Right. So I went down there and I went for orientation. I was like, I I'll see if I really dig this. And I dug it. Like I was I was all in. Like I was dyed in the wool, Alabama. So, you know, I I would go back and forth to the camp. I probably went to the campus like I was in it four semesters, so probably twice a semester, I would make my way to Tuscaloosa, one way or the other. Whether it's just to pop in during the summer, I go down there and talk with professors, I went to the Iron Bowl, like all that stuff. So I've actually like kind of done the Alabama thing, I just didn't live on campus. But I was there quite a bit, and luckily had friends who have an Airbnb like a mile from campus. So I could hang out and and go there if I needed to. Like if I couldn't find a hotel room. Usually what I did was when I'd go to Tuscaloosa, I'd stay in Birmingham. But if I was going to stay in Tuscaloosa, I had friends there that let me use their Airbnb. Anyway, so once once I go to the Iron Bowl, like that's it. Like I'm completely in the cult of Alabama fans. I'm in it. So... Know that I, I come with the, the, the roll tide thing, honestly. Like, I'm in it now. I never had a college football team because my college stopped playing football in 1939. Still undefeated since then. Go Blue Demons. And now I got one. And considering that I've been struggling with the worst basketball team in the country, y'all going to have to kind of give me having the best football team. All right? Cool. Anyway, I've been trying desperately to get down there to do a show. My department chair, my old department chair, Dr. Chris Roberts, is all in on it. He's like, yes, you should come down here and do a show. He gave me a tour of the whole place. He toured me around Bryant-Denny Stadium. Like, I got a private tour of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Do you know how crazy that is? They have a radio station and a television station inside of the stadium. And I got a chance to tour that. It's, it's pretty cool. I really dig the vibe of it. So at some point, I want to go down there and do a show. I was hoping 
that if I wasn't going to do a show, because at the time that I was planning all this out, and now I understand why Mitch was like, don't make that plan. Um, At the time, I was like, oh, I'll go do my show from the spring game, or I'll go do my show from SEC Media Days, because I can take my Comrex unit, and it'll sound like I'm in the studio anywhere, or I can dial in from their radio studio in the stadium, and it'll sound like I'm in a studio. So Mitch was like, when is SEC Media Days? And I said, it's the, the 18th and 19th and 20th. And he's like, no. <laughs> and now I know why. There's two reasons. One was the 30th anniversary party, and two, he had kind of had an idea that there was going to be a change in the schedule. So I didn't get a chance to go. Now, now there won't be a 30th anniversary party next year. So next year, I will be at SEC Media Days, even if I have to take the, the damn days off. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. But I've never really covered college football. There have been a couple of, I've been to Notre Dame for a game working. I've been to a couple of games at Northwestern. But SEC football is different. I'm telling you. Like, the it just means more thing that they use. It's legit. And so I want to cover it. And I care about Alabama football. And I want to cover it. Like, I want to understand it. Like, there's a whole universe that's built around college football that quite honestly, I am not, I don't like that I don't know as much as I should know about college football. Like, I follow it. I watch games. I, I watch press conferences, strangely enough. But to cover it, to be in the room with people, to get a chance to understand how college athletics from a football perspective work. I've covered the NCAA tournament. I know what that's like. I've I've been at the Final Four and and I loved the energy there. I loved being. I actually enjoyed being on Radio Row at the Final Four more than I did the Super Bowl. Now, granted, my roles were different when I was when I went to go cover the Final Four. I think that was 2012. I was a full fledged talk show host by then. When I went to go cover the Bears, I was still a reporter for the most part. I did shows, but I was my job was to report. I want to see what I want to see what all the fuss is about. I want to see how crazy it is. I want to be in some of those rooms listening to these coaches talk about stuff. So it's on my list of things to do. Like career-wise, it's really important to me that I I've covered, oh, you know what? I forgot about Arizona State. Like, I've gone to go cover games and talk to people down at Arizona State. It's how I kind of knew the, the Pac 12 was dying because I was talking to people there four years ago and they were like, 
our television deal is trash. We're going to get left behind in all of this stuff. Anyway, I wanted to get a taste of it. So that's next, like, on my agenda. Like, as far as career milestones, I want to go cover SEC Media Days. I think it's very slick. I think it's very smart the way they do it. They found a a glitch in the matrix, and that glitch is we'll do our SEC media days when no one's doing nothing, and we will take all of the headlines, and they did, as per usual. There was one interesting bite that I wanted to share, and I listened to all of Nick Saban's press conference, all 16 minutes of it, And, of course, he was talking about Bryce Young and Will Anderson, two guys that are probably going to be in the mix for a Heisman Trophy, the loss to Georgia, what it's like to compete with Georgia after they've won a national championship, all that's the Jimbo Fisher stuff. He talked about it. He even made a funny quip about cleaning the house that was hilarious because it was so deadpan. I, I think I'm probably going... I'm I'm going to go to at least one game this year. I don't know if I'm going to go as media or fan, but I'm I'm thinking I want to go to the A&M Bama game cuz I got a bad feeling about what's going to happen to Jimbo Fisher's team. But anyway, this is Nick Saban talking about the SEC West. And it was a really interesting question that someone asked and it was about the coaches in that division and how rough it is. And I I thought Saban's answer was kind of interesting. So here it is. We really have to continue to hire good coaches, have great energy and enthusiasm in what we do to make changes that is going to help us, you know, sort of uh, not really stay ahead of the curve, but just be able to understand things that people are doing in the game. Uh, so that we put our players in the best position to be able to have a chance to be successful when they go out on the field and compete against it. You start looking at that group in the SEC West, and there's a lot of differences in the way these coaches go about their business, okay? Obviously, Nick Saban has been incredibly successful and has been able to command not just that division, but the conference and, quite honestly, the college football world. At this point, while he's still fairly hands-on, he's learned how to be an, a CEO head coach. And I've, I've talked to some people who have covered him, said that, that wasn't the case always, that he was a guy that struggled with letting go of responsibility and then finding good people to do it. So you have that. I think Sam Pittman in Arkansas is really good. And I I appreciated what he did at Arkansas last season. Like he's that's a a hard thing to get the Razorbacks like back on the map in the SEC. I was listening to one of the I was listening to the Bama Arkansas game and I was laughing because their local broadcast is so down home, and I loved it. 
Like listening to the commercials that were played, so down home. I love Lane Kiffin. I think he's exactly what sports needs and what college football needs. No pun intended, the guy is a rebel. And I think that the the college football world and the sports world have come around on the way that he sees the world. I also kind of vibe with him because I think we're the same age. I think that we would have very interesting, like, social conversations. And I don't think that he would treat me like pat me on the head. Not that I'm young. Like, we're both, like, 47, but still. I dig Lane Kiffin. I like his whole vibe. Then you've got Jimbo Fisher in there. And Jimbo has built Texas A&M up to be a nationally ranked competitive team. I I don't see them ever win a national winning a national championship, but I see them being able to keep other people from doing it. I see them being in a position over the next few years to make life hell for Alabama, for for Mississippi, and for LSU. Like, there's going to be some October Saturday when they beat somebody that they're not supposed to beat. What Mike Leach has done at Mississippi State is kind of amazing. Because they've got nothing. Shout out to my Auntie Dot, who wanted me to go to Mississippi State. They got nothing in Stark Vegas. There's nothing there. There's no resources there. And he's doing the thing that he always does. And then you have to enter in Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, there are times when I think that he's quite the despicable man. But he's a very good football coach, and he's very good at playing up. Like, they do have some limitations, or did have some limitations at Notre Dame, and he found ways to make that team competitive. Some people would argue that the reason that they were competitive is because they can cherry-pick opponents, and then you look up, and all of a sudden, Notre Dame's 10-0, and and you're like, wow, they beat Navy twice. I'm just kidding. I know they don't play Navy twice. Navy always plays them tough. I like when Navy plays Notre Dame. I never feel like Navy's going to win. But I, I like that they make people nervous. So, yeah, that's a damn fine conference that they have down there when it comes to coaches. And the personalities up and down that conference are completely different. Every single one of those coaches is completely different. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see who ends up being the team that is going to battle Georgia. Because I think Georgia's going to own the SEC East. Sorry, Alex Brown. For a really long time. I don't see anyone jumping up and stopping them in the SEC East. There are some good stories in the East. There's a lot of tradition in the East. But I don't think anyone's stopping those dudes. The recruiting classes that Kirby Smart has put together the last couple of years are devastating. And they are going to be back in this thing for a national championship. It's 
they had an entire defense basically drafted. And you can make the argument that they're the best team in the country going into this season. What they did last year, and I know this this is going to sound hella disrespectful. Stetson Bennett should not have a national championship. But he does. Because them boys picked him up. And then he calmed down, made some great plays, and the Bulldogs beat the snot out of my tie. I think that that Bryce Young and Will Anderson will have something to say about that this year, but I I just think that for the SEC East, like everyone, Tennessee every single year. Well, is this the year of the volunteer? No, it's not. It's never going to be. Tennessee's going to, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen with Tennessee. Tennessee's going to start like 3-0, and and then all of the nonsense is going to, to happen again. Are the volunteers back? No, they aren't. They aren't, and they're never going to be. They're going to do what they always do. They're going to give you seven wins, but they're going to start out like 3-0. and or five and one. Are they back? No. That Kentucky team, they've been really interesting. Like how that program has grown. But they're, they're no match for Georgia. Missouri's not a match. South Carolina. Florida has the pedigree, but they don't have a lot of talent. It might be a minute before the Gators are kind of back in this thing. Anyway. I say all of that to say, yes, one can live in Chicago and care about what's happening in the SEC. And I am going to be doing more of this stuff on the podcast, I promise you. I'm going to even bring in some guests occasionally. I'm going to take care of that fix that I have for college football. And I, I, hope, I hope that you, I hope the people at Aurelio's, Aurelio'sPizza.com, by the way, I hope that they don't mind that I'm doing all of this because guess what I'm eating while I'm watching college football on Saturdays? I'm eating Aurelio's pizza. And you should too. I'm going to talk with, talk with Joe and be like, can I change it to Aurelio's pizza? Your favorite pizza for college football. I don't know if he's going to say that, but if you go to Aurelio'sPizza.com, you'll see that you can get some great pizza. Sausage and pepperoni is my jam. Sometimes I like to mix them together. Sometimes I have one side sausage and the other side pepperoni. You should do that with your pizza. Just get it from Aurelio's and know that your boy is going to be talking a lot of college football. Do I dare say Roll Tide at the end of this? Roll Tide. Talk to you next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.